This is the Horse Radio Network. This is episode 1176 of Horse Tip Daily, your almost everyday morsel of helpful hints, useful facts, and practical techniques for horse folks. Brought to you today by Kentucky Performance Products. horse people. Coach Jen here, and thanks for tuning in to Horse Tip Daily. Today's tip features Dr. Tanya Cubitt from Performance Horse Nutrition, and she's got the skinny on how being a fat horse and developing Cushing's disease might just go hand in hand. And we'll be right back after this important message from Kentucky Performance Products. This Nutrition Minute is brought to you by Kentucky Performance Products, the company that simplifies your search for research-proven nutritional supplements at kppusa.com. Commercial feeds are fortified with nutrients such as proteins, vitamins, and minerals. They are made up of a variety of ingredients that provide a particular amount of energy. Most feeds have been designed to address the needs of a certain type of horse. It is important to understand that all feeds are formulated by nutritionists to be fed in specific amounts. When the correct amount of feed is provided, the horse consumes the appropriate amount of energy and nutrients. The feeding directions included on the feed bag or the feed tag are specific to the particular feed and should be followed. When you feed less than the recommended amount of feed, your horse is not getting the full complement of nutrients that he or she may need. On the other hand, too much of a good thing can also be bad. The overfeeding of concentrates can lead to grain overload and oversupplementation, and feed should never be cut or mixed with other fortified feeds or plain grains because this changes the nutrient profile and can cause imbalances in energy, protein, vitamins, and minerals. If you need to include additional supplements in your horse's diet, choose products that are formulated to complement, not compete with fortified feeds. If you feed a plain grain such as oats, additional fortification may be necessary. Kentucky Performance Products supplements are specifically designed to complement, not compete with the modern concentrates used by today's horse owners. Each supplement is manufactured to exacting standards in certified facilities using stringent quality control guidelines. So choose Kentucky Performance Product Supplements because the horse that matters to you matters to them. Learn more about Kentucky Performance Product Supplements at kppusa.com. That's kppusa.com. This Nutritional Minute has been brought to you by Kentucky Performance Products. You can find all of their terrific products at kppusa.com. And I'd like to welcome back to the show Dr. Tanya Cubitt from Performance Horse Nutrition. In this time, the third little installment on diseases and conditions that you're likely to have to deal with if your horse is obese and he stays that way. So what's it, what are you, what are you going to make us all terrified of this time? <laughs> well, thanks. Glad to be back. So we talked about obesity and then we talked about laminitis and I thought we'd finish up with Cushing's disease. Now, your horse, again, as same as laminitis, your horse doesn't have to be obese. And in the past, Cushing's disease, one of the symptoms was the horse was losing weight. But now we actually see it a lot more with our older horses, 
um, that typically are overweight, maybe have insulin resistance, um, seem to also, as they age, develop Cushing's disease. But the earlier two don't necessarily mean the horse isn't going to, is going to get Cushing's. And if your horse is thin, it doesn't mean that he's not going to get Cushing's. So, but we typically see it in that order. Um, it's also known as PPID. Some people will have heard of that. Pituitary pause intermediate dysfunction. You won't hear that said out aloud very often because you get a bit tongue-tied. It's a progressive disorder that begins with a dysfunction of the pituitary gland. So if you think about the horse's brain, um, even your brain, there is a gland on the back of the brain called the pituitary gland. And it's responsible for sending out hormones to the body that um, signal to the horse that certain things are changing or to do certain things. And one of those signals comes from, so when the change in daylight comes, we'll see different um, amount of daylight and the horse will sense that through their eye, through the retina, and then signals will go to that pituitary gland to say, okay, we've got more or less daylight. So send out the appropriate hormonal signals to maybe say, you know, start cycling if you're a broodmare or um, shed your hair coat out because it's springtime. Um, and these horses have a big tumor on that pituitary gland. So these hormonal signals get all messed up so one of the most common symptoms in horses with Cushing's disease is that they don't shed their hair coat. Why? Because they're not sensing that signal for the change in day length. So they end up with this really long curly hair coat that fails to shed out during from that change from winter to spring. Other symptoms you might see, um, excessive sweating, they'll become lethargic. Um, if, if you're still exercising them, performance will just go down. Infertility, start to see some muscle wasting along that top line. Abnormal fat distribution. So we'll see big lumpy fat pockets over the crest or over the tail head, sometimes over the sheath and also sometimes over the eyes. We'll see sometimes delayed wound healing, um, increased susceptibility to infection, so their immune system is just compromised. And then another thing that you'll definitely notice, other than the long curly haircoat, um, is they'll drink a lot and they'll pee a lot. We typically see it more in our middle-aged to older horses around age 20. Um, and without tr treatment, the symptoms tend to get worse and worse and worse and can eventually uh, be fatal. It's pretty easy to notice that not shedding out your hair coat and not drinking and not peeing, uh, drinking too much and peeing a lot, uh, and a lot, oftentimes we'll make our diagnosis that way. But there are also other um, blood parameters that your veterinarian may take a blood test and, and test for. But oftentimes the long curly hair coat and the drinking a lot, peeing a lot are symptoms that we would make that diagnosis on. So the, go ahead. Go the Cushing's, is Cushing's genetic? Is it um, environmental? Does anybody know? Um, yeah, to my knowledge, I'm not sure whether it's a genetic predisposition. Like any of these metabolic disorders, there certainly could be more of a genetic predisposition, especially in these horses that typically have these strange random fat pads. So our ponies or any, any of these horses that tend to develop that really cresty neck. Um, I don't think that there is an environmental um, component here other than 
we are seeing it a lot. And, and I'm, I'm not sure whether just because horses are obese, that's causing um, Cushing's disease, or maybe just more and more of our horses are obese, so it's just coincidentally happening at the same, at the same time. And our horses are living longer. I think the main reason why we're seeing more and more Cushing's these days is our horses are living longer. Um, so we have more and more aged horses. When I first started, and it really wasn't that long ago, every once in a while there would be a horse over 25, over 30. But now it's quite common. I see. I work with a lot of horses that are over 25, even over 30, um, that may not still be riding horses, but they're still getting around. So, so there we go. So if your horse seems to be a lumpy-shaped horse that stays fat on cobwebs, you may want to have a discussion with your veterinarian. Yeah, and as they age, these any of these metabolic disorders become more prevalent, more pronounced, um, harder to deal with. So uh, as a middle-aged or younger horse, you want to try and prepare them for their senior years by not allowing them to get overweight. But as I mentioned uh, uh, your veterinarian has other um, blood tests that they may be able to diagnose earlier cases um, when clinical signs aren't necessarily there. But two of the tests available, dexamethasone suppression test and a plasma ACTH test, um, your veterinarian may be able to do for you. If you sense that there's something going on or potentially your horse may be uh, one of those that would be in line for developing this disorder, but you haven't quite seen those outward signs yet. Like most things, once you've seen the outward signs, there's a lot that's been going on internally already. So... Um, when it comes down to feeding and management, so the horse has been diagnosed either via the clinical signs or via one of these tests with your vet, there are some pretty strict feeding and management guidelines. Um, we These horses are often insulin resistant as well, so they have these high levels of blood sugar. Um, we want to make sure that we keep the, the non-structural carbohydrates, the sugars and starches in the diet minimal. So we recommend, again, a, a diet that's less than 10 to 12% in sugars and starches, pasture grasses with high sugar content, um, especially in the spring and fall, should probably be avoided. Laminitis that we talked about last month is another thing that kind of comes into this group of metabolic disorders, and we really uh, know that that can be brought on by this pasture grass. So Unfortunately, a lot of these horses that are overweight and having these metabolic disorders need to stay off pasture altogether or only be turned out very early in the morning. Um, and regular exercise helps to reduce those blood glucose levels so it can help with these Cushing's horses. Now, if your horse is really old and can't exercise, then it comes all down to, to nutrition and what you're feeding the horse. So definitely a low sugar starch diet. Oftentimes, these feeds aren't that palatable because we can't put things like molasses or yummy grains in there that the horses like to eat. So sometimes, you, well, my horse doesn't like to eat it. Well, you could sprinkle a little banana-flavored powdered pudding on there or some stevia, the um, non-sugar sweetener, just to uh, improve the palatability a little bit to get them, get them started on it. Also, make sure that you keeping on feeding plenty of forage. Um, and sometimes we get caught up in, oh, the feed, the feed needs to be less than 10 to 12% and we forget about the forage that the horse is getting, um, the hay, pasture, 
pasture is, you know, very hard to control. So these horses are typically all on hay or forage um, alternatives, like a pelleted forage. You need to make sure that you get your hay tested as well. And if you need to, you can soak it, um, soak some of the sugars out. But if it was really high in sugars to start with, you're not going to soak enough out. So, um, you know, really trying to source a low sugar starch hay to start with. Yeah, that has gotten a little bit easier to do nowadays because there are several very reputable forage producers that are nationwide now that do test their hays before they are packaged for consumer use. So you can get a little bit more information and actually purchase hay that has been pre-tested. For example, if you only have a few horses, you never buy enough hay at one time to make it economically to get it tested. Yeah. Whereas when you're buying it through a national supply chain, those batches are tested already. Now you're going to pay a little bit more for it, but when you're dealing with um, insulin resistance and especially with Cushing's, that's a medical disease that you mm-hmm. really do need to take seriously. It's not just, oh, well, let's just buy a bag of, of low starch feed at the feed store and be done with it. You need to take it very seriously. Otherwise you're going to end up with e- even more health issues. And, uh, Absolutely. Yeah, so it's, it's yeah. worthwhile taking a look at those kinds of things. And I have found more and more of your feed companies are realizing now that the forage is m- the most important part of the diet. So we'll offer either uh, reduced rate forage testing or we'll do hay tests for free for you. But you're exactly right. These companies that specialize in bagged forage products, anytime it comes in a bag, it has to have a guaranteed analysis on it. Um, so we're guaranteed we can call these companies and find out bag to bag to bag. We have a little more consistency in the sugar starch and nutritional content than we do in, in, in hay. So they can become uh, a good addition to the program, these bagged pellets or cubes. There we go. Well, thank you once again, Dr. Tanya Cubitt, for educating us and lighting a fire under our butts to get things right. Where can find people find you, Dr. Cubitt? They can find me at performancehorsenutrition.com on the web, and we've got our phone number and our email there. Give us a call, email us, and we'll help you out. Well, that about takes care of it. You can find links to today's guests as well as lots more tips at horsetipdaily.com. This podcast was made possible through the generous support of Kentucky Performance Products and listeners like you. Learn how you can help support Horse Radio Network programming and qualify for auditors-only perks by going to horsetipdaily.com and clicking on the Become an Auditor banner in the center of the page. This is Coach Jen, and I'll be back again soon with another tip. So until then, go ride your horse! The Horse Radio Network and the Horse Radio Network hosts are not responsible for statements of guests or their opinions. Use your own judgment when listening to the tips provided by the experts on Horse Tip Daily.